you know, and you know, we have somebody joining us, I believe, to talk about the New York Jets, and he's uh, right on time. <laughs> Is this well, uh, I don't know. the only Todd Johnstone? <laughs> um, I don't think so. Is it because it's a diff- is it a different number? Where the hell is he calling us from? I don't know. It Who's on the line, number. sir? <laughs> it is a different number. It is indeed a different number. Hey, Todd, I got a soundbite for you, buddy. This, this is from Joe straight to you. <laughs> I don't even know if you can make that out. <laughs> oh, how about this oh. one, Todd? Stop smoking the Woody Johnson quick pipe! <laughs> I don't even know. I, I actually thought you had been abducted by aliens. It's been so long, sir. How, how have you been? I, I, you know, I know some personal things have happened, so we don't have to get into that. But on a positive note, how have you been, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad to hear you guys. That's great. And Todd, uh, Todd, thanks for joining us this evening. That's all the time we have, sir. Let's, let's move. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, seriously, Todd, it, it's great to have you back on. So, uh, you know, you, you and Joe can take this. I, I got to go. Uh, I gotta go drink some more soda. Which this episode is uh, brought to you by uh, Super Chill from uh, Stop and Shop. So you guys can oh, take over this part. Todd, how are you? How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is just like old times. It's five minutes into the phone call. Todd has not contributed anything meaningful, <laughs> sir. What is on your mind this evening? I just wanted to call in and say hi, you know, let you guys know that I am still alive and uh, the aliens have indeed let me go. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a plus. And uh, just to, uh, you know, take a little medicine, you know, my jets stink. They stink bad. They're bad. Just, hey, Todd, realistic Jeff fans like me and you um, knew that, this Tim Tebow experiment was going to be a... a um, Mark you know, Sanchez needs somebody to throw to! <laughs> Just an absolute disaster. <laughs> and it's blown up in our face. Tim Tebow is not a backup quarterback. Mark Sanchez has no tools like we talked about. I think to, you need to clean house at this point, or at least get rid of the general manager, Mike Tannenbaum. He's done nothing to improve this team offensively, and we knew that going into the season. And everything's just blowing up in their face now. Uh, the, the, it's become a circus again, to be honest with you. And uh, it's a real shame because every year under Rex Ryan, this team has gotten progressively worse. I totally agree. And what really is is hard for me to swallow is how all this uh, these stories are starting to surface now about about Woody Johnson, about how it really is true that he's more about headlines and he's about wins, and that that. You know, that kills me. That that hurts. You know, after having Leon Hess as an owner for so many years, you would think anybody would be an upgrade. Yep. Anybody. And um, are, have you given up on Mark Sanchez, or you just think that he's got no tools? Well, I, I'm done. I, I, I just think that he's done. I, I don't know what the problem was. You know, I listened to Steve Young talk about him on a weekly basis, and he said that, He's got mechanics, he's got good footwork, et cetera, and so on. I mean, I, maybe it's just that he's a nervous Nelly. Maybe maybe Pete Carroll was right. Maybe he should have stayed in college one more year. Yeah, I mean, this team uh, has definitely, um, like I said, progressively uh, uh, got uh, – uh, Whoa, what was that? Hello? Uh, oh, never, never mind. Um, so, as I was saying, this team has gotten progressively worse, and um, I don't know, it seems like Rex Ryan – 
control over the team anymore. And, um, you know, it's all about headlines. And like you said, we don't need an owner that only cares about headlines. We want a team that, you know, an owner that cares about winning, like, you know, the other New York team. I hate to say it and hate to uh, admit it in front of DG, but, you know, that, that team has run top to bottom very good. And uh, it's just a shame that the Jets, the wheels have come off. Everything's a farce. And uh, we need to um, reload and, and just dump the garbage that we have currently. Let me ask you guys a I question. Um, Good. Sorry, Todd, not to cut you off, but um, in t- I've asked Joe this question. I'd like to know from your perspective, Todd. Is the bloom off the rose for Rex Ryan? I mean, do you want this guy out of here, or do you, would you give him another year at this point? No, I don't, I don't think Rex is the problem. I really don't think Rex is the problem. Um, I think that Mike Tannenbaum has rested on his laurels a little too much. Um, yep. But, I mean, there was a time when he was surrounding us with great players, or – did he just get lucky? Did, how much input into those great drafts that Mike Tannenbaum had back in the day, were they Eric Mangini? I mean, yep. I, Rex Ryan is a great coach. I mean, it's it's been heralded, heralded around the league by pundits and by his peers alike that he is an excellent coach. I don't think that he is the problem. I think that the, the, uh, the, the personnel is the problem. I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, we have a loaded show, but, Todd, uh, it's always great to hear from you. And hopefully when we're back in actual studio, you could catch us on 1640 Ironbound Radio. Um, you know, it's uh, definitely good to hear that you're doing okay. And uh, call in any time. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's great to hear you. Great to hear yeah, you, too. Same here, Todd. Take care. Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have you on again thanks. soon. And you won't be calling us from another number, which we don't recognize. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Take care, sir. Oh, Todd, one last thing uh, b- before you go. This this is how Joe feels about you not calling in for five months. Shame on you! <laughs> See you, <laughs> Todd. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was a throwback, folks. Todd Johnstone, formerly our um, – what would you call him, sir? Our update guy? Third member of the well, – what, what would you describe Todd as? Todd was definitely a member of the Pure Gold family early on as we, you know, progressed into a great show. And uh, he gave us his Todd's take, as you recall. But um, his rants and uh, were legendary and uh, definitely missed sorely. I agree with that, sir. Hopefully we'll have uh, we'll have Todd on again, you know, at some point in the near future. But sir, we're talking about the Jets. Um, anything else on that sloppy jalopy team of yours? No, I just think that the. I mean, I thought the season was over uh, when they lost to um, two weeks ago. When they lost to uh, who? Who did they lose to? I don't even know who they lost to at this point. I mean, they got killed by the. Oh yeah, the Miami Dolphins the day of the uh, Hurricane Sandy coming in that Sunday. And uh, that was just a shame because they were playing at home against the Dolphin team against a rookie quarterback, and they just totally got obliterated. I think 30-9 was the score of that game. And then they had a bye week, and then they just come back and play Seattle. Game was close, sort of. The offense wasn't there. Sanchez had another bad game. The defense played okay, but the fourth quarter, um, you know, you have to play four quarters nowadays to win a football game, uh, mm-hmm. Jets defense. So uh, they spent a bit there, and they lost. And the, the season's essentially over. I, you know, you, you start to wonder what's going to happen next. Is Tim Tebow going to be the quarterback the rest of the season? Is uh, McElroy, the third string, is he going to get some starts? Uh, but the team right now is just uh, in shambles. Uh, they have nothing offensively. Their defense is okay. But um, at this point, 
I think at the end of the year, you need to fire Mike Tannenbaum, like uh, Todd and I both agree, that he just rested on his laurels and um, didn't do anything to improve this team offensively, sir. And that's what I don't understand. If you're Mike Tannenbaum or Mr. T, as uh, as he's known, why wouldn't you improve this team? How could you go in here and say, well, you know what, I don't. Uh, this team is good enough for it. We don't need to do anything. You know, it reminds me, and I always bring I always bring the Jets back to the Mets because they're so much alike. It reminds me of when uh, the Mets made it to the World Series in 2000, and then they came back with essentially the same team in 2001, and that same team ended up going uh, two games over 500. And it yeah. seems the Jets have done the same thing. They figure, well, you know, we're good, we're all right. And yeah, Darrell Rivas is hurt, but even if you put Darrell back on this team, the Jets are still losing ball games. He's not scoring points. He's not throwing the ball. He's not catching the ball, unless he's going to give you, you know, two turnovers that lead to touchdowns every single, you know, every single week. I mean, he's he's not making that huge of a difference, as good of a ball player as he is. And I just don't know what Tannenbaum. I don't know what the the Jets thought when they went into the season. I mean, were they just thinking, well, you know, we have enough talent, we'll get it done, or are they trying to get Sanchez out? You know, I heard uh, I heard some stuff, some rumors today going around that uh, supposedly guys, unnamed sources in the Jets locker room say that you know Tebow's a joke and he's overrated and he's not that good. So I mean, is there dissension in the ranks with the New York Jetropolitan, sir? Yeah, I mean, there definitely is, and it's a, it's a cheap shot to, to be anonymous and take ch- take shots at your own teammates. So, you know, at least give the respect. If you're going to call out Tim Tebow, at least put your name to whatever you're saying. Don't don't give me this anonymous crap. Just, you know, may, own up to it and just be like, you know, if I'm whoever, Sean Green, yeah, Tim Tebow's no quarterback. Uh, I don't know why they brought him here. Just speak your mind at this point. It's uh, it's it's good. We always talk about how it's always good to get a fresh breath there with uh, being truthful and honest. Uh, I wish that the Jets would be just truthful and honest and, and just be like, you know what, Tim Tebow is, is a failure. We're going to look to move him out because he's just not the right fit for our team. I'm done talking about him, sir. It's 6:14 and we got plenty more to cover. Let's let's shift gears. I'm, I'm picking a Jet loss by the way against the St. Louis Rams this week. Uh, I think they, really? they might get killed. Yep, they're playing in St. Wow. Louis. Well, by you the know, way. don't forget. You know what, sir? Um, the, the truth of the matter is, when you when you look at you look at the Jets, and I love to, my, my phrase, I always love to say that when you look at the overall uh, equation, sir. Um, you know what, the Jets just they just don't care. It seems it seems that they're just coming out here, they're playing. You know, with the Tim Tebow situation, they they brought this guy in and they're ripping him. I mean, Tebow's not the problem, sir. The problem is the management. And I know you, you guys think that Rex isn't the problem, but I think Rex is the problem. Rex is at least part of the problem. Because, you know, he should have used some of his influence with uh, Mr. T. He should have used some of his backstage influence, you know, behind the scenes. Vince McMahon-like influence. You know, do something. Make something happen. Try to get, you know, uh, better players for your quarterback. Because Tim Tebow, you know, he barely plays. The guy doesn't get any snaps. And is he that good? No. But, I mean, come on, sir. You know, again, I just had to get that in there before we moved right along. So, uh, you know, next next we're moving on to the uh, New York Giants, sir. Let's talk about my team for a bit. Yep. They've looked terrible. The past two weeks looked horrible this weekend against the uh, the Bengals. I said this on the solo show last week. They desperately needed to win because they're going into six tough games. The Giants could conceivably go 0-6, sir, and end up as a you know six and eight team. But I mean, I, I don't or not six and eight, six and ten. I don't think that that's going to happen. But man, it's going to be a tough road to hoe for this team. They're, they're going to have a tough time. It's going to be extremely difficult. Coming back off the bye week against Aaron Rodgers, that not looking good. You know, coming back to play the Falcons, uh, the Eagles, uh, the Redskins, 
sir, I just I don't feel confident, and I know that a lot of Giants fans are going to rip me, and they're going to say, well, the Giants always suck in November. Why is that? Why do they always stink in November? Why are they always such a terrible team? That, to me, is inexcusable. You know, you shouldn't sit there and say, well, it's Thanksgiving, so let's take the month off. No, play some good games, put yourself in a better situation to win, at least split it. You know, but the Giants are looking like they're not going to win another game this year. And then the other part of it, the other part of it that's frustrating is that when you look at, um, you know, how they've played, Cruz not catching the ball, Eli just not not throwing it, not connecting with people, um, you know, the defense not looking good. Overall, the team, they look dead. And you can't rely on the Eli fourth quarter magic. You can't rely on that, you know, oh, they'll come back, they'll come back at the end of the day because, you know what, they're 6-4 now. They should, they could have easily been, you know, 9-1 and one or so, which whatever, they're not fine, granted. But going into this this, this tough part of the stretch, sir, Giants could go four and six, uh, you know, four and six, or I mean, two and four, and literally end up, you know, eight and six, or they could end up seven and seven. I mean, they could they could go one and five conceivably, sir. Uh, what do you think? I, I think that you're right. I, I don't know why the Giants always hit this low, um, but you know they do at this point every year. Whenever, but the I mean the positive spin on this, and I'm not even a Giant fan. I'm going to give you the positive spin is that the fact that. Seems like the Giants do better with adversity. I mean, they're better when they're nine and seven. They barely get into the playoffs, and then they 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 you know catch momentum and they they get to the Super Bowl and they win. Um, I, I understand that you want to be comfortable and have a a one or two seed, but it seems like this is the Giants' mo. I mean, the only concern that I have is that I know Eli Manning is a guy that will bounce back. I mean, he's shown he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP for God's sake. Uh, the thing yeah. that worries me is that the the defense is just is there's too many holes on the defense, especially against the pass. Uh, they they don't look that good at all this year um, in terms of just even getting to the quarterback. They're not as hungry as they were last year, it seems, and that would concern me more than anything. Not the offense, just the defense has given up way too many points. I agree. I totally agree with that. But sir, what I'm trying to say is that yes, the Giants fans are expecting a comeback, but eventually those comebacks run dry. Eventually those fourth-quarter miracles, those, you know, the ways they pull out the two Super Bowls against the Patriots, eventually that stuff, that magic is no longer there. And uh, that's what worries me as a fan. And we have a caller on hold here, so yeah, let's get to him. Let's get to uh, the one and only Mr. Uh, Angel calling in from, from Woodland Park. It's It's been a while since he's joined us. Angel, how are you doing this evening? Ah, pretty good. I'm listening to you guys, and you guys are right on head. You're you're, you're absolutely right. I totally agree with everything you're saying about the Giants. I they're they're on a downspill. I mean, I I can't figure out what's going on, man. Eli looks like he's playing. He looks like you know, like like a little girl. I mean, you know, he's 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 afraid. <laughs> like these big guys are coming on top of him, and he's laying on the ground. You know, I I don't know. I, There's no you know, about. <laughs> There's rumors about Eli's arm being hurt. I, I think that's just uh, over-exaggerating. I mean, there's no, no indication that uh, Eli's arm is hurt, is there? Not that I've seen, you know, n- not that I could tell. His throwing motion seems fine. It's just like we were saying, you know, and, and Angel, of course, who who agrees with us, um, they just they just look like a team that's not – they're not on the same page. Angel, uh, they're coming into the bye yeah. week. They've got six more games. What do you think in your heart of hearts – uh, give me a prediction. The next six games, what's the Giants' record going to be? I don't know. They might go. They might five hundred, maybe three and three. But uh, I don't know exactly who they're going to play next. Well, their their very next game right out of the bye week is the, is the uh, Packers. Oh, the Packers. They, they that's a loss. They're going to lose against the Packers. <laughs> at home or at uh, Green Bay. 
I believe it's at home. Uh, I'm going to check. I'm going to have my producer check the schedule now for the rest of the season, but well, I'm pretty hope, sure it is I, at home. I hope there's another storm coming along the way because I don't know. <laughs> I, the Giants look dead, man. They look dead. They yeah, don't... they're playing at home. Then the they're thing that worries me the week after that, Angel, the week after that they're playing the Redskins. Then they're playing the Saints. Then the Falcons, um, and then you know well, the Ravens and lost. the Eagles. Uh, they almost lost with the Redskins. They almost lost that game. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, so. you think? Do you think they'll pull that game out? I don't know, man. I I, I don't I don't have too much confidence on the in the uh, Giants. The Jets are going the same way. You know, they need to do something because Rex Ryan, ever since he lost that weight, he doesn't seem. He looks like he wants to do a movie or something. You know, he doesn't look like the same coach. You know, he just looks like he's on the sidelines smoking a cigar, and, you know, let's see what happens next. I just don't know about the Jets, man. So you think Rex wants to make a movie, is that it? Yeah, yeah, he keeps on saying that Sanchez is his boy, but I don't know about Sanchez, man. I don't know. He's going downhill, too. And T-Ball, I don't know. They keep using that guy in and out that uh, I don't know. I don't know what the purpose, you know, I'll tell you the truth. Wow, that, yeah, that, you that's, guys, that's pretty you guys, crazy. You know, you guys are professionals. You guys, I want some input from you. What do you think, man? What do you think they're going to do with Tebow? Joe, it's your, it's your team. I know you said you don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> either you're playing full-time or you're training at this point. If it's all about, you know, putting seats, people in the seats and making press, you got to make him either the full-time quarterback the rest of the year where you got to find somebody to take him for a, a third or fourth round draft pick at this point because That's having him come in, one, yeah, having him come in one or two plays, uh, you know, you have no rhythm, you have no momentum, so you, you got to start him all the way or not. I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, uh, well, I don't know if you've seen the last game last Sunday when they got all the way up to the five yard line, and uh, I think he came in before then, and then uh, Sanchez threw that interception. So I think it throws off Sanchez too, you know. As soon as Tebow like comes in, he's like he he messes everything up. All he, all Tebow does is just run, and you know it. Everybody's expecting him to run because he can't throw. Exactly. I think you guys know better than him. <laughs> You're probably right. It's very possible. I mean, I, I I have a pretty decent arm. Now, Angel, give us your prediction for the Jets right now. You know, they're what are they three and six? Uh, Give us your take for the rest of the season. Are they going to go, you know, 3-13? and 13? I think they're going downhill, bro. I think Ryan is on his way to Hollywood to make a film. He's, I think I think the Jets, they're done. And I, I don't think they're going to win another game. Oh, wow. Well, as always, Angel, we thank you for your input, and hopefully, you know, you'll be you'll be wrong on that, although it doesn't look like it, and hopefully the Giants will get it together. I'll, I'll call back. I'll call back and I'll apologize. I will call back. <laughs> thank take you, care, sir. Have a, have a you too. Have a wonderful evening. Hey, you too. Have a blessed one. You too, Angel. Folks, the one and only Angel from Woodland Park. One, uh, sir, it's only fitting that Angel would call in today, considering Todd, one of our other mainstays of the program, was in. So, it, you know, it's always good to have Angel chiming in, who always agrees with basically everything we say, uh, which is always a plus, sir. Definitely is. Well, we have seven minutes. Let's go through. Um, since we don't have to worry about the Giants until they play next week, we can talk about them next Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Um, why don't we talk about real fast some nuggets before 6.30, before we get uh, Briella Costa on to talk about Hurricane Sandy. Uh, the, the World Series wrapped up. The, the Giants basically swept the Tigers. Uh, 
I was completely surprised that the the Giants were able to sweep the Tigers, especially what the Tigers did to the Yankees. Um, and it was a lackluster World Series. You know, you had uh, you had a sweep, and anytime you have a sweep, there's no drama, no nothing. But uh, I'm I'm completely surprised that the Tigers got swept. I am too. Uh, it's been like week. I give it. We're talking about the World Series, and it's the middle of November. Yeah, we gotta wrap it up. <laughs> we gotta love it. Um, I don't know, man. I, I look at the the Tigers, and they suck. This is the second time in six years they make it to the World Series, and they totally spit the bed. It's unbelievable. You would think that there's no way it's possible, but the the you know they suck. I don't even know what to say about that, sir. The Giants with no real all stars, with you know then Buster Posey or you know a couple guys, Lincecum sucking it up. They managed to win their second World Series in three years. That's unbelievable. Melky Cabrera gets suspended for the year. I mean, Tim Lincecum is is literally the freak this year. He just absolutely sucked, and yet they they were able to find a way to beat the Tigers. Um, I don't know if it's just the fact that um. Justin Verlander just didn't have it game one, and that set the tone for the rest of the series. But it seemed like they they, they lost that game, and that was it. They gave up. And, um, you know, the Detroit Tigers, like I said, the way they were going to beat you, they were, the way they were going to beat the Giants was with starting pitching and with um, with uh, Cabrera and uh, Delman Young. I mean, at this point, they didn't show up, and uh, that was the end of the World Series. So um, that's the only other nugget about baseball is that big trade that you told me about last night. What do you think about the uh, fact that the Marlins basically unloaded their whole team to the Toronto Blue Jays? I'm actually over here watching the coverage of the All-Star, uh, the All-Star Cy Young, to see who wins. It hasn't been announced yet. It was supposed to be announced already, but, of course, everything is late. Um, honestly, sir, I have to say, I think it's trouble for the Yankees. I think that the, the whole American League East needs to watch out. I, I mean, Reyes is still a good player. He had a pretty decent year this year. But when you get a, a starting pitcher, an ace-type guy, like Josh Johnson, and then you get Mark Burley also. I mean, and not, not to mention, of course, John Buck, who's a catcher, and Emilio Bonifacio, who's a backup. So that, that's a hell, and I, and I say hell, Lucy, that is a hell of a, of a trade. And giving up a bunch of prospects. I mean, the Marlins, of course, unloading. Sir, what amazes me is that the Marlins literally, and I mean literally, have all this stuff, all this money. They go spend it. They suck this year, and then they unload everybody in, in the first year. That's unbelievable to me. You know, when you, look right. at the, when you look at their overall teams, I mean, how is that possible? They spend a boatload of money, they get this new stadium, and they get rid of all their stars. Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I guess it was like uh, foreshadowing that Ozzy Guillen makes that stupid comment, like, what, game three into the season about Fidel Castro, and uh, the team just went downhill after that. They spent so much money, like you said, new stadium and everything, and then they unloaded just like the old times. Same old Florida Marlins, if you ask me. They're not the Miami Marlins, they're the Florida Marlins. And uh, you're right, though, yeah, you're the right, American man. League East now. The American League East is, is yeah. very tough with the, the Orioles, the, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees now. Tough, tough, tough. Sir, I'm looking at Mark Burley's stats here. He was 13-3 and last year, which, you know, considering how bad his team was, that's not bad. 3.74 year yeah. that's pretty good. He was 13-9 and the year before with the White Sox. The guy's been 15-12, and 13-10. You know, he's been a winning pitcher. He's been a good pitcher. For a long time, and and that's great. Going back to the league that he's that he's so good at, like I said, I believe the stud in this move is going to be Josh Johnson, and that to me is such a is such a key because sir, what wins starting pitching, and it's proven that starting pitching is the most important thing you need. And now the the Blue Jays have it in droves. You know, Johnson, yeah, he was eight fourteen this year. 
you know, but this guy has talent. You know, he's been fifteen to five, eleven and six. He, he's had a, he's had a pretty decent career. He's he's won some games. Uh, you know, Reyes, who also had pretty uh, again had decent numbers last year, sir. I mean, this is a win-win-win. It's amazing when you look at Jose Reyes and how far he's fallen. This guy was a stud on the Mets, and now all of a sudden he signs this monster contract and he's gone. So, I mean, yeah. this guy's literally playing in Canada. He went to a little Dominican Republic, little Cuba down there, and now he's in Canada. It's un- That's unbelievable, sir. I mean, he had 11 homers, 57 RBI, hit 287. You know, when you compare that to the year before, with the Mets, he actually had better numbers, and he had... He- those are the best numbers he's had since 2008 with the Mets. So, I mean, sir, I, I, it, I tell you, the Blue Jays are going to be good. I think that um, this helps them immensely. And, again, the Yankees the Yankees are in trouble, sir. That's all I can say. And That's so are the for, Orioles. But, good news but, for sir, us. Yeah, it is, it is good news for us. But it looks like that, you know, getting back to the World Series quickly, it looks like the Tigers just, when they had their chance, they, they won their World Series by beating the, Giant, the Giants, the Yankees, and that's it. They gave up. I just don't even know, sir. Well, do me a favor, since we have still about uh, a little bit more than half an hour of a show, if you have breaking news when the Cy Young Award when it is announced, just announce it to the, the Pure Gold audience, if you don't mind. Oh, I will. I have it here. I'm waiting. You know, it'll be – we'll probably be in the middle of something with Brielle, and we'll have to wait. But, I'm, you know, I'm here anxiously waiting to see if, if Ari Dickey is the guy that's named as the Cy Young, and we'll yeah. kind of see where that goes, sir. But before we take a break, uh, and then we have uh, Brielle on the other side, which I think she might be on the line already, real fast, uh, since we do it as a tradition, uh, the Survivor Series, uh, no interest in it at all. Uh, Vince has completely lost it. He makes fun of Jerry Lawler that comes back with a heart attack. Uh, they fake a heart attack with Paul Heyman. The product is bad. The pay-per-view is bad. CM Punk is bad. I mean, it's all bad all around. Wouldn't you agree? I agree, but I love how you bring this up and we can't even discuss it. Um, You know, if we have a minute or two, we'll squeeze this in later. But, folks, we'll be right back with our guest for the evening, Miss New Jersey 2011, Brielle LaCosta. Folks, stay tuned because this is Pure Gold. What's up, everyone? This is Bright Lights Jared Foster, the man of a thousand bulbs and Mr. Entertainment himself. A reoccurring guest, nonetheless on Pure Gold Radio. And what I want you to do is check out my friends, Dave and Joe, as they deliver nonstop entertainment week after week with amazing guests discussing everything from wrestling and sports to entertainment. You name it, it's talked about, and it's only talked about in one place, Pure Gold Radio. And you can find them at puregoldpg.com. That's puregoldpg.com. Hey guys, this is actress Sadie Alexandru, and you are listening to Pure Gold. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Nikki Boyer, the host of Yahoo's Daytime in No Time, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Folks, we are back, thanks, of course, to our past guest, but we're going to focus on our current guest. Uh, it's been a while in the making, but we are proud and privileged and honored, quite frankly, to be joined by Miss New Jersey 2011, Briella Costa. And for those of you folks who have been listening to the show for a while, we've we've had a lot of women on from the uh, Miss USA circuit, but this is the first time we're going to have somebody from the Miss America circuit. So, Brielle, how are you doing this evening? Hi, I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing awesome. Thank you. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, you know, there's so many things... Me. 
No, no, of course, of course. And you know, we like I said before, we had we had uh, tried to get you on earlier, and things kind of came up. And it seems like when uh, when we talk, uh, b- bad things seem to happen in this, in this area, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, you know, there, there's like I said, there's so many things to get to. Before we get to the whole Hurricane Sandy thing, with of course you, you know, being a Jersey resident and all that, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Now, you're sure. you're born and raised here in Jersey, correct? Yes, I am. Right, which part of Jersey? We're in the north. Uh, you know, give us a little bit of background on that. Absolutely, sure. Uh, well, I was actually raised in Berkeley Heights. Uh, it's pretty central New Jersey. When I was a senior in high school, we actually moved to, it's about one town over, to Warren Township. Um, I okay, finished of Warren. High, yeah, you know, it's, it's a really nice town. Um, I actually finished high school in Berkeley Heights. I was fortunate enough to do that. And then uh, a couple of months ago, I moved one more town over, and now I live in Bedminster. But I spent, uh-huh. I guess, 12 years in um, Berkeley Heights, more than that, 15 years in Berkeley Heights, and I guess 12 years in Warren. Oh, wow. Well, that's, a, that's a long time. And now, like you said, you're just over there in, in Bedminster. Um, now, tell us, being that, you know, we, we've touched on this with other women in, in the other pads and circuits that we've talked to. Um, Obviously, like I said, you were born here and raised here in New Jersey, and then you end up becoming Miss New Jersey uh, last year. What was that like? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, I actually was fortunate enough to, I don't even know if you know this, I was crowned Miss New Jersey International in 2010. Ooh. So I was really fortunate nice. that, you know, I had two years, which is amazing. Um, I went to compete at Miss International, and I was really sad when I was giving up my title. I just wanted to try one more time. So I actually competed for the titled Miss New Jersey Galaxy, where you go on to another worldwide pageant called Miss Galaxy, and I won that as well. So I've had two years oh, wow. of lots of pageant fun. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brielle, can you tell us what the difference is between Miss New Jersey International and how that's different from Miss New Jersey? Absolutely. Yep, no problem. Uh, basically, there's a couple you know, pageant circuits. The main ones are you know, Miss America, Miss USA, I did Miss International. Um, Miss International is a, just as big of a pageant. Um, I personally loved it because their main focus is on charity work. So you choose a platform and you pretty much run with it, where, you know, as Miss USA and Miss America, they do the same thing, but um, a lot of the focus is, you know, just on promoting the pageant. They do have their own individual causes, but, you know, a lot of time you know, they spend preparing for their national pageant you know, they do just as much, but I really took um, I took my platform of autism awareness and I just wanted to do as much as possible with it. So that's the difference between, you know, Miss International and these other pageants. Their primary focus, actually 50% of your score is based on interview. So, you oh, know, wow. a lot of that was, ta- yeah, a lot of it was talking about, you know, the things I've done. It's one thing to just, you know, oh, I like to do charity work and I do this and that, but they really like to see you actually do it. You know, and not just talk about it. Wow. Now, you mentioned, uh, you touched on, of course, the big pageants, Miss USA and Miss America. I have to be honest, when I for, when we first got our very first guest who, uh, from that circuit, which was actually Miss USA, interestingly enough, from uh, from two years ago, 2010, um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know, you know, as a guy, I, I've never followed these pageants so much. Now that we've had all these different guests, it's more of kind of an interesting thing to me. 
Um, I never knew that there was a difference between Miss USA and Miss America. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about that? What the difference is for yeah. those of us, or for those people out there who maybe, uh, you know, kind of think they're the same thing like I did, you know, years ago. Absolutely, I can. No problem. Yeah, Miss America. You know, it's based on all of the states. The highest title, you know, where you go is Miss America. Um, you know, you don't really go anywhere after that. That's where it ends. But they have interview. And they have um, talent. Talent is the main thing that sets them apart from all the rest. You know, they have the singers and the dancers, and they're all absolutely amazing. They have always someone playing an instrument. They're great. Um, That's the only pageant left that I know of, to be honest, that still has the talent portion. And then once you win Miss America, you know you don't go anywhere else, whereas Miss USA is based on interview, swimsuit, evening gown, that's it, and then you go on to Miss Universe. Oh, wow. Can you give us, Brielle, can you give us the, the PG exclusive here on our show? Let us know. Is, is it like a sorority with the girls, or is it really cutthroat? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. A lot of, a lot of people ask me that. Um, to be honest, I've never had any problems. That is one of the things I was worried about the most. The first pageant I ever competed in was Miss New Jersey USA. And I was really worried because, I mean, I know New Jersey girls are fierce, and I was so worried that, it would be like something you see out of the movies, but it really wasn't. And that's actually what made me want to continue to compete was I think when I competed, I think there was 90 girls who did compete that year. This is years ago. But um, they were so nice. Oh, I know. It was packed. And I think the most amazing part was, you know, things always go wrong right before stage, whether it's someone loses a shoe or someone loses a button or a zipper breaks or something along those lines. And all the girls help each other. And I just couldn't believe that. I mean, I that was the last thing I expected. I mean, girls would share shoes. They'll lend you their opening number. Yeah, I mean, they'll really do anything for you. And I just was amazed by that. You know, I've only run into one or two, you know, bad apples. Um, you know, and it's a shame because it, they really miss out on the experience because you really do get to, you know, know these girls and still friends with all these girls and talk to them all the time. And uh, I guess it's just, the way they compete, some people just set themselves apart and rather keep to themselves. But, you know, they really miss out on, I thought, one of the most fun parts. Wow. You know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you talk about all the different girls and stuff. We kind of figured, and, we, you know, we've, we've heard some stories, and some of the girls are nice, some of the girls aren't. So I was hoping you were to tell us, like, you know, a big brawl that broke out and the girls were, you know, hitting each other with, with uh, high heel shoes or something like that. Uh, you know, because we're, we're, of course, big uh, – wrestling fans over here well we used to be so you know we talk about that whole aspect of it but now you know shifting gears um because originally when we had asked you to be on we thought okay we're going to focus mostly on that but um you know we had a we had a tragedy here in new jersey basically uh you know a little less than two weeks ago um how are you affected by hurricane sandy i know that i i had no power for eight days joe had his generators and stuff but he didn't have power for a while i mean were you hit um were you hit hard by that tell us a little bit about that oh it's been Absolutely miserable. Um, to to be honest, I'm very fortunate because I do live in a condo, so we have underground wires. We lost power, but it was only for 60, so it wasn't too bad. But the thing is, I have an electric water heater, so I wasn't going to stay here by myself. So I actually went oh, back wow. to my parents' house. Yeah, my parents had um, they had hot water. They've uh, just gas for heat over there. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll go over there. The problem was when I was on my way over, I couldn't figure out why none of them were answering my calls. This is like 7 in the morning the day after. 
And um, when I finally got there, it was because a tree fell on our house and four more fell in the backyard. So I arrived to chaos. Um, so that was really disappointing just because that house, my parents have completely redone and they've worked so hard on. And one of the things that they're most proud of is they actually took the back of the house and they built a 40-foot by 60-foot deck. And when the tree fell, that's what it crushed, the side of the house and the deck. So it was really devastating. But I still stayed with my parents. It was one of those things where it was, you know, definitely a tragedy to strike the East Coast. And I didn't want to be alone. I think it was important to spend time with my family. Um, my dad, he lives down in LBI. So, you know, their house is okay. They're not, they're about a mile, two miles from the water. But that was really wow. sad as well because, you know, they had trees come down and damage the house as well. So really hard, you know, to see my family go through this. You know, thank God nothing happened to my condo. My car did get hit with a, a bunch of branches, a couple tree limbs, nothing crazy. So it's been hard, but, you know, leaving and going to see other neighborhoods and other areas, it's just unbelievable the things I've seen and just, I mean, trees have just crushed houses and cars and half the roads were blocked and I couldn't get around. It's been really hard. You know, all my family's in New Jersey, and each one had something happen to them. Um, to me, it was more of an inconvenience. I really can't complain because nothing – I didn't lose anything. It was just an inconvenience to not have power. It could have been so much worse. And now, you know, what I'm doing is just helping the cleanup efforts now. As, I mean, very fortunate that you were one of the lucky ones that, you know, it was just a minor thing for you because, like uh, DG said – there was a lot of air, a lot of New Jersey that really got hit hard. Uh, and considering where the uh, the eye of the storm turned by Cape May, I believe it's it's incredible the amount of damage that New Jersey went through. Um, was there anything that, or is there anything that you have been? You said you've been cleaning, uh, help cleaning up. But is there anything that you've done as your uh, your with your title as Miss uh, New Jersey 2011? Have you done anything to uh, for your current community or just in general New Jersey to help out? Oh, what a great question. A um, couple things, actually. One of the things I'd like to do, I actually write a blog for, it's called autisable.com. Um, one of the things that's been really big is in Somerset County, there's so many schools for autism. I mean, we have a lot, as well as nonprofit organizations. And my parents' town was without, actually, I think they just got power yesterday. So they've been out, you know, without power for over two weeks now. One of the biggest concerns was these children who are used to schedules and they're used to seeing, you know, the same people every day. Suddenly they're at home with no power, schools are closed, they don't understand. And that's, that's a really big deal to have them thrown off a schedule like that. So I did write a blog for Autisable, and uh, there was a lot of, you know, resources that I put on there of different organizations that were helping out, helping families, you know, who were affected by the hurricane, who are also affected by autism. That was very minor. Uh, actually, I uh, I hope to be partnering up with a local church. There's several, um, I guess, campuses you could call it all over New Jersey. What they're doing, it's called Sandy Thanksgiving, and uh, my family and I are actually going to go and be part of it, and I'm really excited about that. You know, I feel very guilty having a Thanksgiving this year when so many people have lost so much. So what this church is doing is they contacted the mayor of Belmar down the shore and on Thanksgiving, there's thousands of volunteers going down, and they're going to help clean up. But most importantly, they're going to serve, like, hot Thanksgiving meals, full meals, you know, all the sides to all the residents. And the mayor is just absolutely ecstatic. You know, he's 
closing down roads, doing whatever he can, and the governor's office is in full support of that as well. So, you know, that's going to be one of those events where it's completely unnecessary for me to wear a crown and banner and all of that, uh, but it is important for me to be there, like, majorly for kids. Um, a lot of the charity I do, I won't wear a crown and banner because I really want to get the message across that, you know, it's cool, quote-unquote, to volunteer. You know, I think it's a good message to get across early. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Now, you mentioned the, the whole banner thing and not wearing it. Uh, when you do wear it in public or, you know, when you have worn it for events, does that does it bring you any, uh, you know, does it bring extra attention? I mean, or do you use <laughs> it? I, I was Miss New Jersey to... You know, to get awareness out for things, you mentioned, of course, autism, which is one of the things that I had noticed originally when when I had tried to get you on the on the show. Um, does that does the crown bring any negative or positive attention to what you're doing? It definitely does both. You know, it, it you have to take the good and the bad with this type of thing, and it's sad, but just as many people that support me and love what I do, I have the same amount of people that just don't like me. They don't know me, but you know, <laughs> they have something against beauty pageants or. You know, they have something I, – I've heard it all, to be honest with you. But that's hard. Um, you know, when I do wear it, and I don't really anymore just because I'm not raining, but when I would go out to events, um, sometimes I'd be criticized for, you know, certain charities. Their guests would say, you know, like, why are you wearing that? You're taking away, you know, the attention from the event. So it's very hit or miss. But then it really does, you know, when you see a sparkly crown, you're going to look at it. So that was huge because it really <laughs> did bring awareness to whatever charity I was working with. You know, whether it be um, I was working at a booth or I was at a baseball game or whatever it is I was doing, people would always come up just to see what was going on because it's not something you see every day. So that's what I like to do. I like to use that to bring positivity to it. Um, I've had my fair share of discussions with people who absolutely hate it and are so against it and don't understand it. It's unfortunate, you know, the media has put quite a negative spin on pageantry. I think a lot of people don't understand what a positive experience it really is. So I've, I've tried my hardest to change people's minds, but at the end of the day, they're going to think what they want to think. But I feel so incredibly fortunate to have been able to use that to, you know, shed light on so many important issues that, you know, more people know about now. Right, and speaking of issues, um, what what is it with what has um, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to word this question correctly, but autism it's been your your cause. Why autism? Is is it has it hit you personally, or is it just something you felt kind of led to do? I'm curious as to why that has been a big part of the focus of you know what you've done uh, you know as Miss New Jersey, and then of course now that you're no longer reigning. That's a great question. Uh, to be honest, I didn't know what I was doing in college. Uh, I spent my junior year studying in Australia, and I came back, and all I knew was I was getting my bachelor's in psychology, and I didn't have a plan after that. Uh, my mom got her Ph.D. in psychology, so, you know, you see that, you grow up with that. I just figured that would be nice. Just, you know, she sets her own schedule. She has her own business. It's pretty cool. Um, and once I was in my fourth year of college, I was like, okay, we're about done here. And I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do with that. Um, at the same time, I worked that year, actually, at Donald Trump's golf course in Bedminster. And it was a great, great experience. And one of the employees there, he had a son with autism. And one day he brought him in. Now, this is back in 2007 where it was still kind of off the radar. Definitely wasn't nearly as big as it is today. But he brought him in, and I met him, and I was just fascinated. And I felt helpful because a lot of people 
wouldn't even go up and talk to him, didn't say anything to him. I don't know if it was fear or they felt uncomfortable, but I thought that was interesting. So I remember very vividly Googling autism, and when I found out that you could work with autism and it's very needed, using just a bachelor's in psychology, it just kind of clicked. I've never really had something be that clear to me, like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And ironically enough, they had just built a school, I think maybe three months prior to that, in my town for autism. So I just showed up, just walked in, and I was like, I want a job here. And they hired me, shockingly, but they really did. And that's where I got my start. And I've worked, I mean, now, you know, we're multiple years later. I've worked at a few schools. I've worked with everyone from, you know, the little kids um, with early intervention to verbal kids, nonverbal kids. Aggressive, non-aggressive, I've done um, all kinds of work with teenagers and adults um, in the job place, in school, learning skills to get to the job place. I really uh, have thrown myself into learning about autism and, you know, just helping um, find a cure. I don't personally, I don't do anything, I'm not a scientist, but it's important to get awareness out that, you know, there's, autism is huge, the spectrum is just so big. It, we need a cure desperately, and, you know, I think people really need to understand that. Now that it's one in 88 kids, I mean, it, it's hard to not know someone who's affected by autism. Folks, we are joined by the lovely and the talented Brielle Acosta, Miss New Jersey 2011. Now, Brielle, just to piggyback to DG's great question, um, would you say with autism is every um, – is every person unique in terms of their teaching or their, the way you have to teach them, or do you teach them the same way uh, for every person? No, everyone is so different. You know, every now and then you'll get lucky and something that works with one will work with another, but they each have their own individual plans. So they have their own behavioral plans. They have their own, you know, rewards. They all work towards something different. They all have different strengths, different weaknesses, it is amazing that they are so different. You know, one may excel at something and the other may not get it at all. It's it's so different. And one of the most interesting parts is really you will try everything with them, you know, everything from math to the computers, using an iPad, you know, anything you could possibly think of because you never know. They A lot of them can't communicate with you to tell them what they like, what they don't like, what they want to learn. It's it's very interesting to constantly, you know, be trying to find what it is they're great at and what it is they want to do. Well, it's it's just so it's fascinating for me because, like, you know, at my church and stuff, there's there's a couple of kids and, um, you know, one in particular that I'm thinking about now. And when someone, you know, you don't have the understanding of, of what goes into uh, dealing with a child with autism. It's it's almost like you're lost. So it's great that you were able to find that that you're so passionate about now, and you're able to kind of turn you know what you seem to be going in a direction, not knowing where you're going, and now you know exactly with clarity. That's such a great thing. Um, that's such a great thing for you to be able to find. Now I have one last question, Brielle, before we let you go. And of sure. course, we we always appreciate your time, and you know you you just given us some time yeah. here. Um, Give me give me your take on the whole being Miss New Jersey, being a beauty pageant queen. Um, do you, would you say that the negatives outweigh the positives? And um, you know, in terms of stuff that you've 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 uh, faced, and uh, would you recommend it for for a young girl to get involved in? Oh, that is such a good question. That's like an interview question. That's a good one. Like win the pageant <laughs> interview question. 
<laughs> wow. That's a great. All right. Um, it, I really had a hard time with it, and um, it, more so lately I have talked about it a little more. It was hard to talk about this kind of thing when I was currently reigning because, you know, people will do whatever they can to twist it, to say, oh, you're ungrateful, you're this, you're that. I had a hard time because I thought, you know, oh, I'm doing all these great things and all this charity work and people will love me. And I was shocked at how many people did not like me at all. Um, 99% of them never met me, never saw me. (laughs) You know, they had nothing to do with me. And a lot of times I'd be in an event and strangers would come up to me and just speak their mind. Um, One of the hardest things, though, for me was reading the online blog. I I was in a lot of newspaper articles. I was so fortunate for that. But along with that came the blogs and the postings beneath the article, and they would just tear me apart. And it was really hard to read, number one, and number two, to wonder who it was. Um, it kind of, kind of made me a little jaded. Um, I really didn't know who to trust anymore. A lot of my friends turned on me, and a lot of strangers I really? hadn't talked to in 20 years, yeah, came crawling out of the woodwork, and that was really hard for me, uh, really hard, because, you know, suddenly it was like, well, do these people actually want to be friends with me, or is it just because I'm Miss New Jersey? Um, same thing, you know, with people who didn't like me, I ended up getting incredibly self-conscious about it. I mean, really hard. Thank God I had a great director I had two directors that just helped me through the year. I had an amazing pageant coach, uh, multiple. It was like Team Brielle. But um, one of my coaches, she helped me out so much. And I'm fortunate now because it really did make me a stronger person. And, and, you know, I did do some things like I got rid of Facebook. I did a lot of things that were just nothing but negativity. You know, I, I couldn't stand it anymore. It was killing me. Anonymous emails, anonymous calls. I mean, it got to a point where even my mom and my brother were getting emails. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So that kind of put a damper on the first couple months of the year. But once I learned to deal with it, and, you know, it really, really made me a much stronger person, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, as far as what I would, if I would recommend it, I absolutely would. I think competing is a great experience. Um, as far as little kids go, I'm really not that big of a fan. Um, just because I've judged child pageants before, and, you know, they're long. A lot of them are eight to four, and these kids are exhausted by the end of the day. They don't want to be there. I mean, I'm tired yeah. at the end of the day. So I think, wow. you know, the appropriate age is important. You know, I feel like when you're eight, nine, ten, you know, that's to kind of get a feel for it, kind of have an interest in it, that's okay. I think it is phenomenal, though, if girls who are, you know, in middle school or high school do it, just because it it ended up being such a confidence booster. It really makes you feel like you can take on the world. And I've met a lot of little girls who are, you know, seven, eight, nine, and it is unbelievable the amount of confidence they have. I mean, you just know no one will ever mess with them in school. And I think that's awesome, you know, because it, today it's, I mean, it's impossible with everything that goes on online and in person. I mean, there's a lot of bullying. Um, that was actually... My team, uh, Miss New Jersey, our Miss Teen New Jersey 2010, that was her platform was bullying. And, um, you know, I think that anything you could do to make that easier, to make school easier, should be done. So I'm going to have kids one day. I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely going to have my kids compete. Um, definitely, just because I, I had such a good experience. If they don't want to do it, that's fine. But I really do think it's something everyone should try, not to mention, the prize packages, the scholarships, and, and, you know, getting to go on to a bigger pageant. 
That's amazing. My whole college could have been paid for. Unfortunately, well, I had already yeah. graduated. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Yeah. I, sh- I should have gone to beauty pageant work just for that because I, I still owe my school money, and I don't even know how, how my kids will be paying off that loan. But, uh, you know, Brielle, before we let you go, can you tell us, uh, can you tell us how, the fans how they can follow you? Oh, absolutely. If you can follow me on Twitter, that would be awesome. I don't know what happened this week. I got a lot more followers, which just blows my mind. I mean, I don't think I'm that interesting. I mean, I guess, I don't know, I'm funny, but that's about it. But um, I have 29,000 followers. I don't even write anything good. I should probably get to work on that. But um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, (laughs) (laughs) on Twitter, it's at Brielle Miss NJ. I have a Facebook fan page. I do nothing with it. I just stay away from Facebook. But my manager does run that. And that's just Facebook.com slash Brielle Acosta. I also have BrielleAcosta.com and uh, HouseOfMotivation.com. And I think that's it. I don't know. I'm all over the place. Oh, and I have a blog on Autisable, and that's so important. And that's Autisable.com slash Brielle Acosta. Brielle, thank you so much for joining us. It really, uh, really was a pleasure having you, and hopefully we can have you on again in the future. Oh, I would absolutely love to. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye. Folks, that was Miss New Jersey 2011, Brielle LaCosta. And I hate to cut off from that, but folks, R.A. Dickey is the 2012 NL Cy Young. Oh, baby. I just had to throw that out there. Thanks, of course, to Brielle so much for joining us because she was a wonderful guest. It was, like I said, Joe, it was nice having somebody from the uh, the Miss uh, Excuse me, the Miss America circuit versus Miss USA because it's a little bit different, and she did t- touch on that. And you know, it's amazing. She was Miss New Jersey in one shape, way, or form. You know, a couple of times, which is which is pretty interesting. And it reminds me of Anna Rodriguez, who uh, tried out for Miss Texas and had to go like 30 times before she actually won it there. That is impressive. Um, it's always good to have somebody from our home state, especially you know being hit with that hurricane that we got hit with a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's good to see that she's doing a lot of positive in the community. No, it definitely is, sir. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, R.A. Dickey, sir, he overwhelmingly won the Cy Young. He actually got 27 votes. They just had the stats up now. I think uh, Gio Gonzalez had like two, and I think Clayton Kershaw had a few. But Dickey won overwhelmingly, folks. By And it, it's awesome. It's a great thing. There's absolutely nobody on the planet who deserved this award more than Mr. Ari Dickey, which probably means, you know, it's nice for the Mets having a batting champ the year before. Now the Cy Young probably means that uh, Dickey's going to end up in uh, in Toronto with, uh, with Jose Reyes there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but it's good for Ari Dickey, good for, I guess, the Mets organization. Some positive press always is a good thing. No, you're you're absolutely right, sir. And you know we're getting ready to to close out the show in a few. Uh, I just had to, you know, we have of course uh, Brittany's going to join us to talk about the election for a little bit. But um, I'm looking at this here online, sir. And and I, when I saw it, I I jumped out of my seat. But Brielle was giving us a response to a question, so I couldn't interrupt her and cut off. Of course, if you were talking, I would have just muted you and interrupted you. But you know we have important people. We have to. Uh, Give them their respect, sir. What what a great honor it is for Ari Dickey to win the Cy Young, sir. I mean, I, a part of me didn't think he would win it, but when I see that voting, it seems like everybody agreed that he was the guy who deserved it more than anybody. When you look at you know, when he had that when you look at that great run he had with the uh, the what the the one hitter back to back starts, it was, it was so impressive, and uh, he just what he had he was second in strikeouts and second in wins, but still deserving. No, he was actually. Um, he was first in strikeouts, sir. He he had the most strikeouts. He was second in ERA, 
and he was second in wins, but he had uh, the least amount of losses out of the guys who, you know, the main contenders. He yeah. had the the most. Uh, he had the best positive uh, win to loss ratio, twenty four to uh, twenty to six. So it was a plus fourteen. And then when you have, uh, you know, Gio Gonzalez at a plus thirteen or whatever. But I mean, considering how terrible the Mets were, and considering that Kershaw was in the playoff hunt, and considering, um, considering the fact that. You know, same thing with Gio Gonzalez. They're in the playoff final, one of the best teams in baseball. It, it, he deserved it. There's no doubt about that. But, folks, we're going to have to shift gears again here uh, as we go into the last segment of the show. We are joined by the one and only, the incomparable, for the third time joining us, Miss <laughs> Arizona USA 2011, Brittany Don Brandon. Brittany, how are you doing this evening I or afternoon for you? I'm doing well. Thank you. That was quite the introduction. Oh <laughs> uh, Well, you know, we're famous for our introductions here on this show. But unfortunately, we have to dispense with the pleasantries. There's a segment on this show that we like to call They Stink. And uh, it's normally something that we do. It's pretty much always been sports-related. And I'd like to play this soundbite because Joe and I were on the same page tonight. And uh, i got to throw this out there. They Stink! And they stink for this evening goes to the American people for voting Barack Obama in for a second term. Brittany, give me your yes. give the voting audience, the public out there. Unfortunately we are from the Democratic State of New Jersey. Give us your thoughts on that if you could. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily sure it's they stink as individuals. I just you know, I don't agree with their choice. And I think a lot of those votes for Obama were made by people who probably weren't completely educated on his policies, what they do in the long term, and how they literally affect every single individual, no matter what business size you own, what part of the business you work in, um, or even if you're not in business. I think those choices to vote were the things I really kind of just think about last week. Um, You know, it's unfortunate because this country was built on Christian foundations, and, you know, nowadays it's become reverse discrimination where those of us who are Christians are being marginalized. And, you yeah, know, it's really sad absolutely. because that's not how America should be. You're right. And it's funny because, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm not in studio today. I'm actually home in my home studio. My daughter is crying because she's also sad that uh, the people voted for Barack Obama. But that's neither well, here nor there. I know she's young. She's young, right? Yes, yeah. She she she's one year old. Uh, she's a uh, thirteen months actually. She knows. She knows that the the people made a bad choice. She knows that mommy and daddy voted uh, the opposite direction. But um, yeah, well, your you know, daughter. You, you sadly, t- to say some people don't know this. Your daughter, she's one years old. She already owes two hundred and ten thousand dollars to the government. So thank you, Barack. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you indeed. Um, now. Of course, you mentioned of the country being, you know, founded on Christian principles and and whatnot, and you 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 touched on something that's never discussed other than by the Christian right for the most part, because there are so many quote unquote Christians who do vote Democrat or you know, and again, it's not to say that that either party is is the greatest and either party is solely Christian because that's not the case. But truthfully, and my wife and I were discussing this the other day, when you look at the overall platform of both parties, the Republican Party does align more with conservative values than the Democratic Party does by far. But so many Christians don't vote based on their morals. They vote based on policies and things like that. And, um, you know, you really should tie in both. But as a Christian, I've got to ask you, Brittany, um, and of course Joe also voted Republican, how do you – 
how do you justify someone who calls themselves a Christian, someone who says, I love Jesus, and I love the, you know, the Bible, and God loves me, and I, my God is a God of love, which, oh, of course, is true, but then ends up voting for a president who not only supports gay rights, which goes completely 180 degrees against the Bible, the right to be married, but abortion, which is your key thing. You know, I'm looking at my daughter right now who's making, you know, funny faces at me and pointing at me. But I look at her, I mean, I could never even imagine something like that crossing my mind. But how many potential children, how many potential politicians and lawyers and doctors and beauty pageant winners and models and actors and, you know, presidents haven't been murdered through the abomination that is abortion? Explain that to me if you could, because that is something that baffles me, which is why I appreciate someone like you so much, because you do stand up for what's right according to the, the Word of God. Thank you so much, first of all. That's really, really the nicest compliment. Um, I think, first of all, it's good to point out that whether you're Republican or Democratic, you're human, and humans are not perfect. None of us, whether you vote Republican or not, doesn't make you superior to the other party or better than others who didn't vote for Romney. So I just want to make sure people know that because, you know, I was tweeting and Facebooking last week, and some people didn't necessarily agree with me, which is fine. Um, I don't really care if they do or not, but I was just – putting out my views because I want to help people understand the seriousness of it. Um, I think it's difficult for people um, who are Christians, and, you know, I'm not one to say whether they are Christians or not because that is completely between them and God, but um, I think, you know, we live in a world where society, everything is run off of money. So um, people tend to align themselves with a party where they think they're going to be more beneficial in that sense, I think. Um, and, right. you know, that's not even true. Like, look at the Dow. I mean, every all the stocks are down. Um, employers are always already cutting their employees in half because they can't afford it after January 1st, after the tax um, goes into play. Um, so I think right. I think a lot of times people who claim to be Christians, um, and you know what? They probably are Christians. I'm, it's not my <laughs> judgment call. Um, Christians sometimes have a difficult choice when living in a world that is based off of class systems and monetary value and materialistic value, um, when voting voting for a political figure because that's how it affects their family and them directly. Um, I think, like you said, the biggest issue for me is abortion. And I don't understand how, no matter if you're, you've been a Christian your whole life or you're a new Christian or if you have any family values or you were raised with family values, I don't understand how you can vote for a president. Let's say it wasn't Obama and Mitt Romney. Let's say yeah. it's like years from now, and they're both great candidates. One supports abortion, one doesn't. Obviously, you're going to vote for the candidate who's pro-life. Because as a Christian, that's what the Bible teaches us. That's what we're told to do. Right. And life begins at conception. And I think it's unfortunate and somewhat disappointing um, when people who are Christians vote for other reasons. Um, that being said, in choosing those other options, they're supporting something that is completely against God who created life in the first place. And I just, you know, <laughs> man, I think about what God is thinking right now about America, and I really think he is just lifting his blessing from this land, as we're going to see in the future, um, because we have not stayed true to his word. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that, um, a lot more destruction come from not staying true to the Christian principles that this country is founded on. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think that you and DG really cover um, the religious aspect of it. You know, I think you've covered it 
from soup to nuts, really, you two have done a great job covering why um, we feel that, you know, a Republican Mitt Romney was the better choice. Um, mm. But on, in terms of just the economy and everything like that, I just feel like this country has become, quote-unquote, lazy, um, and just the, the, it's about a sense of entitlement. And uh, I always talk about how the middle class is the class that's always squeezed, even though Barack Obama, I think just recently, either today or yesterday, said, you know, he's not going to let the middle class be squeezed anymore. I, I just don't feel that. I feel like the middle class has to support the lower class programs. The rich don't care because they're, they're well off as it is. I just, it's the sense of entitlement that really disturbs me that the liberals feel like, you know, I'm entitled to welfare, I'm entitled to food stamps, I'm entitled right. to, you know, that kind of stuff that really bothers me when I'm working my butt off to just try and make a, a living for me and my family, and I don't qualify for those programs because I don't meet the criteria that the, the United States has set nowadays. Exactly. That's what, really, that's what really bothers me. And that mindset is a cyclical cycle um, because it's continuously going around and around that I, I'm not sure where this came to thought, came into play, and makes sense to people, but some people, most people who voted for Obama, think that if we cut – um, if we increase taxes for the wealthy, that he's just going to literally write them a check and send it off to them at their house if they're going to get it in the mail. No, that is not how it works out. If the right. wealthy who own all the businesses, okay, the mega yeah. businesses, there's no reason to yep. hate someone because they're successful. It just means they figured yep. it out, and you're learning as well. So if we increase the taxes for the wealthy who own the businesses, they're not going to be able to afford to have as many employees because they're paying 55% after January 1st, something insane like that. I'm not sure exactly, but something insane like that. They're not going to be able to afford, afford the same number of employees. Therefore, they're going to have to cut the number of employees down, making the unemployment rate go up, therefore putting more people on welfare. And it's just a cycle, and I think Obama wants to – make the American people so desperate to be reliable on the government that he can just control literally everything we do, say, and think, and people will become so desperate that they will just do whatever they need to do to make Obama happy, make the government happy, obey them, because they're not going to be having money. They're not going to have a job. They're not going to be able to live on them on themselves having a job. You know what I mean? It's It's completely a cyclical cycle, and people don't see that. They just see the benefits of getting a check in the mail. Um, but I think also, like, on the religious aspect, and that just really, you know, resonates with um, Christians is that Mitt Romney supports Israel. It's the apple of God's eye. Um, oh, there's so much I could say, but um, I think it's so <laughs> yeah. vitally important that we couple marriage, abortion, and Israel together when choosing a candidate. And unfortunately, the elections passed. I was actually in Boston at the Romney victory rally. Um, which we celebrated anyways because we celebrated the fact that Romney was able to go through an entire campaign and election being honest with the American people and standing true to who he is and his values. Um, and I think you know, people inter- really need to start taking into consideration the importance of a single vote because it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're, you know, you're right. And, and unfortunately, like I said, in this state, 
um, voting de- Republican, de- I don't even remember the last time, if ever, the Republicans have won this state. You feel that your vote doesn't matter, and of course we still vote anyway. But, uh, you know, we, we touched on the religious aspect of it when I look at you. You mentioned Israel, you mentioned everything. It's, it's so true. Joe touched on the entitlement, and he talked about the economy. And that, that, that's also what baffles me is how, even if you're not religious, how do you look at this country and say we're going in a positive direction? I mean, uh, you know, the unemployment rate has been super high, higher than at any point during President Bush. Um, the president himself said, if I don't, bow, if I don't uh, improve, if I don't do all these X, Y, and Z, you shouldn't vote for me again, and people still voted for him again. Didn't listen to the same guy who, who himself said, don't vote for me if I don't get my job accomplished, which he did not. Still blaming President Bush four years later, and uh, you just look at this country. It's in such a terrible shape, which brings me to my next point. Um, I know you, you follow the news, and you know there's about 20-some-odd states that have filed. some Someone at some point has filed a claim or you know a, a, some paperwork for them to succeed from the union to be to be uh, uh, basically kicked out or let go from the union. Texas being the most, which they've garnered 80,000 votes. Yesterday when I saw in the afternoon, there was about 23,000. So they've gained almost 60,000 votes in less than a day and, uh, you know, close to 100,000. I mean, that shows their economy is doing well. They're the 15th largest economy in the world with just that one state. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, um, you know. They've gotten the, the petition, of course, with signatures. People, um, you know, going out there and signing uh, the, these, these pap- this paperwork. Um, you know, in essence, voting to, to get to leave the country. But so many different countries, so many different um, places, so many different states have these things. What does that say about the country? What does that say about the the union? What does it say about the president that Obama gets reelected and now people want to leave the country? Of course, that they won't allow that to happen. But could you imagine? You imagine that? I never in my lifetime would have dreamed that a state would want to leave the union. Well, I think we should move to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Um, my no, wife said the same thing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, just I'm not. Um, <laughs> I well, maybe I'm not either. <laughs> um, I think, well, first of all, I think it is. I mean. I completely see their point. I think it's sad that we've, whoever voted for Obama out there, elected into office a man who has the lowest unemployment rate. No president has ever gone for re-election, been voted in, again, a second term with the unemployment rate that we have. And um, I don't don't understand people. I don't, I've... um, literally been depressed this whole week about it because it doesn't necessarily I'm not the type of person who's like oh sore loser, Romney didn't win my candidate didn't win, no that's not the reason I've been upset, the reason I've been upset is because I realize there are more people in this country than I realize that don't have the same values or appreciation for the fact that this country is built upon Christian values and um, you know I really don't have a lot of faith in Obama at all so the fact that they've garnered 80,000 petition signatures in Texas already, um, I don't think he's even going to care. doesn't even phase him. We're still trying to get the birth certificate to show up from four years ago. Um, the Libya facts <laughs> to come out. He's using Petraeus as a scapegoat to divert the attention yep. from Libya because he is guilty, and so is Clinton, and they need to come forward and testify. Whether they tell the truth or lie, they'll probably lie. But... Um, <laughs> I think, honestly, um, he's just not going to even care. So, unfortunately, there's a huge volume of voices from people being lifted up, as we see in Texas, as we see around the country, who do not agree with this president and his so-called plan to better the economy. But um, 
I just, unfortunately, the bottom line is I just don't think he even cares. I do not. Because well. if he cared, he would have fixed the problem four years ago and not blamed it on someone before him. Right. That's that's so true, and you know it's interesting as as we go to close out here. Um, you mentioned something before that just kind of resonated with me again about people trying to do whatever they could to make the government happy. That the whole that whole picture that you painted reminds me of the Book of Revelation where it talks about the rapture and it talks about the end of the world and it talks about you know all that stuff which we don't have time to get into right now. But the idea of you know where the Bible says that it'll be it'll cost a day's wages for a loaf of bread and people are going to be you know begging and desperate and it seems like that, it really does seem it and we are going in that direction at some point and it's just a shame that the American people have helped precipitate what seems to be the downfall of this country. I mean I don't know what's going to happen in four years. The Republican Party has a lot of work to do, so we'll kind of see where that goes or you know if an independent we're ever able to come up and rise up. But uh, Brittany, give us your um you know if you could give us your your final thoughts and uh, you know analysis on this and. You know, where where are we going in four years and just, uh, you know, your whole – if you can encapsulate your whole take on it. Um, you said the, the Republican Party has a lot of work to do. I honestly think the Christian Party has a lot of work to do because oh, – Of um, course. I mean, I believe in Revelation. I believe in the whole Bible. I think that we're towards right. those days. And um, we're going to see a lot more coming in the, the next four years that is completely out of our control. So all we can really do is pray and um, – Stay in the word, encourage others to get in the word, um, because I think we're going to become at an all-time low here <laughs> pretty soon. So um, I think the main point is, you know, Republican Christians need to pray. And um, yeah, I've had a, I've been standing up on my Facebook and Twitter a lot in the last few weeks, and I've kind of taken some heat for it from people who think I'm outlandish and crazy of and course. bizarre. And um, I mean, I'm not in this world to please people, anyways. Um, call me right. whatever, and if you want, sure, whatever. But I'm not in this world to make people happy. Um, and I think it's it's evident that people are too scared to take a stand for what they believe in and be vocal about it because you're scared someone's not going to agree with you. No one's going to agree with you. As a Christian, we're not supposed to be agreed with. We're supposed to be in the minority um, in terms of what the world thinks is correct. And you know what? I'm I'm trying to take a stand for it. And you know, if you're not a vocal person, that's okay. Live it out. I'm a vocal person. I like taking a stance um, through words, whether it's written or spoken. And I think it's funny that people think we should be all hush-hush quiet about it. But what kind of a life is that if you can't talk about it in a country that's based on freedom of religion? I'm just using my my freedom, if you will, as an American citizen. <laughs> I, I encourage everyone to do so, um, whether you're yeah, living it definitely. out, being vocal about it, because that's how people are going to listen to you. You're right. And the interesting thing is that we live in a country that tells you speak out, speak your mind, have your own opinion, but really what their country, what the, the liberal media, what the liberal, the left wing, as it were, what they're really saying is you can have your own opinion as long as you agree with me because Christians right. and, and believers get bashed, or even you know non-Christians, just conservatives, get bashed for, like Melissa Joan Hart, for example, who was the actress on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I had no idea she was conservative. She doesn't talk too much about her, her politics and stuff, but she was ripped to shreds and torn to shreds for mentioning she was voting for Mitt Romney. Uh, Stacey Dash was was torn apart, called all sellout, a whore. I mean, any ex you know expletive you can think of, any foul mouth word, they were being bashed to to yeah. the point. I mean, it, it's just crazy. Even if I don't agree with you, like there's been plenty of guests on this show who I found out later on. I don't agree with their views and their opinions on stuff, but I'm not going to go call them a bleep and bleep bleep bleep. And that's just a sick, twisted world that we live in, you know. And that's why we appreciate you. With- 
yeah, there's nothing wrong with having a brain and speaking your mind because God gave right. it to you and he gave you a voice to use it. And I think it's unfortunate when people try to um, bash the fact that you are standing up for what you believe. And you know what? You're not in this world to step on toes and make sure you please everybody because in the end you're not going to be standing in front of them in heaven. You're going to be standing in front of God. And that's pretty much all I care about. And you know what? If I lose more followers on Twitter, if I get friends befriended on Facebook, I'm still going to live. <laughs> and I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> that so I is just true, Brittany. everybody to just stand up for what you believe. You know, who cares what other people think? No. You're absolutely right, and we thank you, and we appreciate you standing up for what you believe, and thank you so much, wow. as always, for joining us. We just, you know, support you because you're you're one of the you're one of the good ones, and you're one of the ones who really mm-hmm. is uh, exercising your faith and uh, doing what the Bible says. And, and I, what I appreciate most is that you're not selling out to the mainstream media, you're not selling out to the other side. So thank you so much, Brittany, and of course we, we'd love to have you back on again in the future. You're you're already becoming a regular on the show, so I'm, I'm sure we'll have you on soon enough. <laughs> thank you so much, David. I really uh, appreciate you guys. You're welcome. Have a wonderful evening, Brittany. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Folks, that was the one and only Brittany Dawn Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011. As we got to close out this show, JB, any final comment before we go? Folks, this is why Pure Gold is the best show going today. We really do cover <laughs> everything and anything. We went from sports to the Jets Giants. We talked about the Hurricane Sandy and what we're, what um, Brielle is doing in her community in New Jersey. Then we talked about the presidential election. It's from top to bottom the best show on earth. I can't believe next week is Thanksgiving. We'll be doing a show next Wednesday in Newark again with Nelson, um, our producer. Uh, very thankful. Uh, we'll definitely talk about Thanksgiving. But, sh- sir, great show. Absolutely. Take us home. Folks, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to check us out next Wednesday, 6 p.m. We'll be back in Newark, as Joe mentioned. Check us out on IR1640.com. Check us out on, uh, you know, puregopg.com, of course. Special thanks to Braille Lacosta, Miss New Jersey 2011, for joining us. An extra special thanks uh, to Brittany Dawn Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011, for joining us and sharing her opinions. Folks, we appreciate you listening. Make sure, again, tune in next week as we take you off the air with one of my absolute favorite quotes. What's the name of your show? Uh, pure gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. You guys are awesome. Indeed we are, Nikki and Mike and Road Dog. Have a good one. Take care, folks. <laughs>